It seems today that all you see is violence in movies and sex on TV. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode three of season two of Family Guy Funny Cast, also known as episode ten of the Family Guy Funny Cast. I am your host and co-host, Joe. And I'm your host and other co-host, Sean. Today we are talking about Season 3, sorry, Season (laughs) 2, Episode 3 of Family Guy, name of Da Boom. I'm just going to be honest, this is such a lazy ass name. Yeah. (laughs) Like Season 1 had tried to have a theme about death, this is like Da Boom. It's like Seth MacFarlane asking like his, his two-year-old child, is like, hey, what should, what should I name this episode? It's about a bomb, and it's like, the boom, the boom, the boom. Hey, two-year-old child, what should I name my episode? Da boom, daddy, da boom. Maybe that's, uh-huh. the, maybe that's how I name every episode. That was the kid who had the idea for the murder theme. Child, what do we name this episode? Da boom. Yeah. Hey, child. Good one. Anyway. Uh, should... Yeah. Let's do the summary. <laughs> okay, so, it is December 31st, 1999. The Griffin family have all been invited to go over to Joe's for a nice New Year's Eve party celebrating the new millennium. Uh, Peter is going out to the store to get supplies for the party, where he comes across a man in a chicken costume advertising his chicken store, uh, who warns about Y2K, which, for those of you who may not know, is the idea that uh, on January 1st, 2000, all the computers would stop working because they couldn't handle going into the 2000s or whatever. That was a really big deal. It was a pretty big deal, and as far as I know, there were actually some problems with this, but they were able to, like, pretty much fix most of the major issues before it happened. Yeah, it ended up being a a (laughs) non-issue. Yeah. Well, but at the time, people thought Y2K would, like, be the end of the world, Uh, and specifically in this episode, they think that all computers are going to stop working, all airplanes are going to fall out of the sky, and then all nukes are going to detonate and destroy the world. Um, so In the shape of Happy New Year. Yeah, the shape of Happy New Year. Uh, Peter refuses to let his family go to the party and shoves them all down to the basement, where actually he has been... He has started prepping for the apocalypse. Um, uh, the, the watch on their TV, the ball dropping, or the clam dropping in Kohag. Uh, <laughs> New Year's in, nothing happens, everyone thinks it's a bust, and then like five seconds later... Everything explodes, Y2K happened, and yeah, it's the new nuclear apocalypse. Um, f- I, how, how much later was that the first apocalypse scene supposed to be from the last, ep- the last part of the episode? Like, was it, it like, a, like a, a week? Like, it felt like the next day, but it was, it was a decent chunk of time. Yeah, you know, because they, they were used to Cleveland and Quagmire being fused together and Joe just being his driveway. Yeah, and Brian had stubble on. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay, so I, I, some amount of time passes and you see them living in the apocalyptic world. Uh, 
Cleveland and Quagmire have fused together where it's Cleveland upright and Quagmire sticking out of the side of his stomach. Joe has just become embedded in his driveway. (laughs) (laughs) And after running out of food because Peter eats all the freeze-dried food without expanding it, they need to go get more food, so they go to decide. They decide to go to an abandoned Twinkie factory. Um, they go to the factory in, in your hometown of Natick, I believe. My my hometown? Yeah, your your homeville. <laughs> I'm Natick to native. Shit, I'm native to <laughs> Natick. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Uh, so they go they go off to the factory. Uh, with perils along the way, they meet like a weird, um, family feud cult, and then they think that the factory's not there, but it is. They go to the factory, and then they realize that they can, um, start a new society here, make a better Kohog. So they settle down at the Twinkie factory, and it's like a flash forward, uh, ever, there's like a small society... Uh, all the characters you you know and love, all the wacky characters are there, living life. Um, but Stewie, unfortunately, had mutated into a little octopus baby. Oh no. Not mm. my Stewie. Not Stewie. Uh, Peter is the new chief... What, what was this title? Ah. Uh, Mayor? What's called... I think he was probably the mayor. He was, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, if you don't have to think about it, if you watch the episode, he's a dictator. But yeah, but he calls himself the new ma- the mayor of New Quahog for life. Uh, his <laughs> rules are nonsensical. Everyone picks a job at random, um, and then they, he decides that they need guns, so he dismantles a lot of their infrastructure projects, like their irrigation system, to make guns. Everyone gets mad at him. They overthrow him, saying, we don't need guns, we don't want guns. And they go and burn all their guns. And then a horde of mutant uh, octopus stewies attack and kill everyone because they don't have the guns. And that's it, baby. But then... And that... Oh. It's not it. Oh. Um, oh. I didn't get if this was a reference to something, but then it cuts to a scene of a woman waking up from a bad dream... She seems very shaken, and she goes to her husband, who is showering, <laughs> where she says, I just had, like, the, I just learned about the weirdest episode of Family Guy, and she starts crying, and goes in to hug her husband, and her husband's like, what's Family Guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a reference, um, so that was from the show, I think, Dallas, um, that guy, Patrick Duffy, his character was killed in a season. And so they they did a couple seasons without him. I don't know how many they they actually did, but they they retcon it. They have her wake up, and then she finds him alive. Dream. It was all a dream. Like it was just like, kind of like in Community season four was uh, there was a gas leak that year, so it didn't really happen, but it did. They just kind of mm-hmm. ignore it. Um, and it, same same thing here. It's just she she dreamed the last couple seasons of that show <laughs> that was a, that was a good ass dream like it was yeah. just a normal dream it wasn't even she was like in a coma she just fell asleep <laughs> but it does it does raise a good question what is family guy what is family guy who is the family guy what makes him the family guy here, tonight on dateline here on the family guy funny cast we will 
break down what is a family and what is a guy, and we will figure out exactly what it means to be the family guy. Only on the funny cast. That's right, and it's just as uh, Hideki Naganuma said, a family guy must be a funny guy in the moments of his life. Mm-hmm. I have a quick question. Can you hear my dog snoring in the background? I cannot hear your dog snoring at all. Okay, because I can kind of hear her through my headphones, but <laughs> that's if you can't hear her, dog. that's fine. Oh, yeah, she's a, she's a little nasally girl. A little nasally bitch. Technically correct, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I like your so, dog. She's cute. Yeah, she, she kind of quirky, though. Mm-hmm. We can get her on the pod later. Yeah. I'm sure she'll bark at some point, and then that'll be our second guest. <laughs> yes. And then we can get our third guest in. Yes. The long-awaited number three. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What did you think of the episode? You took the question right out of my mouth. Well, I, I like this episode. This yeah. Is a, it's a little funny, boy. I like the... Uh, oh, actually, I have a question for you before we go. Oh, okay. On. Yeah. Uh, okay. Clevemeyer or Quagland? Which side are you on? I like Quagland better. Yeah, Clevemeyer's. It ain't good. Sorry, Cleveland. Yeah, fuck you, Cleveland. Was was this up? Has Cleveland spoken before? Like, yeah, he had a really small part um, a few episodes ago. Okay, I can't remember. But this is the first time she's really really spoken. Yeah, and this is the first. I believe is the first time we get any kind of Cleveland lore. Like, his sweet, sweet wife, Loretta. Mm-hmm, and you can see him make love to her. Sweet, sweet love in the missionary position. Mm-hmm, God bless. God bless missions. But yeah, this episode also introduced us to uh, Cleveland's manner of speaking. Uh, this definitely wasn't clear in his little short lines before. That he had a funny voice. Yeah. Yeah, my name is Cleveland Brown, uh, and I am proud to be. What? Who cares? That show sucks. <laughs> Fuck you, Cleveland. We'll, we'll we'll come for that ass one day, Cleveland. I had a note about the. Oh yeah, I do kind of like the way he talks. Not his voice, but like his his manner of speaking. Yeah, it's funny. Like, when he calls Peter the height of just too muchery. Mm-hmm. That gave me a little little giggle. Not mm-hmm. a wall, not an XD, but just a, like a little, ha. Huh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best scene in television. <laughs> That's Cleveland. Uh, one little thing... I noticed, because I still have subtitles on, is that there's a line that's just straight up wrong on the subtitles. Yeah? Yeah. What was uh, it? When the bomb goes off, the subtitles say, Peter says, holy crap, is that my old bowling trophy? Oh man, there's a lot of cool stuff in this basement. Uh, what he actually says is, holy crap, did anybody else feel that? Well, really? Yeah. That's what the captions say? Yeah, I don't know if this is, like, a problem with Hulu, or if this is, like, a problem with, like, the caption information Fox gave Hulu. Uh, but yeah, the, the captions are fucked up. Just for that part. Hmm. 
That is pretty epic. It is. An epic fail. Haha. <laughs> Bringing back the great <laughs> sub v dub debate. Oh. Yeah, just the height of just too muchery right there. Mm hmm. I watched. Also, gonna note, sorry, before we go anywhere, I'm pretty sure this was the first uh, time Mila Kunis voiced Meg. Oh, I didn't even notice. I think she did. I don't think it was all in my head. Um, you look it up. I'll tell the story I was going to tell. Tell the story. Okay. Uh, one time, I ended up going over to my English teacher's house with some of my friends, and we watched Spirited Away, but because of a debate over dub versus sub, we ended up compromising by watching the dub with the subtitles on, but the subtitles... <laughs> The subtitles were still subtitling the Japanese, and the, the like. The translation wasn't a one for one translation with the sub. It was like a bit different. And but then at some <laughs> points, like they're straight up talking with different characters, and I wasn't sure who was who and what was going on. <laughs> and then we didn't that even sounds fin- like a nightmare. Then we didn't even finish watching the movie. Then I just went home. I don't know what happens. <laughs> What movie was it? Spirited Away. Oh. I always watch those with the the dub. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry, liberals. That was the first one I'd ever seen. Um, That's a good one. Yeah. It's a really good one. I'll go back and finish it one day. I'll watch it subbed properly in Japanese because that's how it's meant to be watched. I I I don't know. That's true. I think the newer ones they do are are pretty good. I haven't seen, like, I think Princess Mononoke is the oldest one I've seen, and I've watched that one, I think, only in English. Mm. And it's good. The newer ones, they do a really good job, but I think that's because they're, they're, like, theatrical films. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So it, it kind of makes sense to have someone like Tina Fey voicing Ponyo's mom. Like, it's Whoa. just kind of... On paper, it's a weird casting choice, but, like, as a film, it's... Who cares? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not too... Actually, too big of an elitist. I'm, like, sub versus dub for stuff like that. Um, really, my only problem with sub versus dub most of the time is that a lot of dubs just aren't as good. I feel like that's less of a problem now, but for, like, older stuff, that was definitely a, a real deal. It depends on what it is. Yeah, I mean, some of the, like, dubs of, like, the classic, like, Cowboy Bebop, for example, um, is iconic for where the dub is better. Uh, even one of the producers admitted that. Yeah, then, and, um, the lesser-known Golden Boy is fucking hilarious. I can't imagine that being as funny in Japanese as it, yeah. as it is in English. I mean, I'm sure it's probably that funny for native Japanese speakers, but, yeah, I get you. I feel like a lot of times humor is harder and stuff like that. Um, just to tr- convey and transfer. Although one thing I watched subtitles I thought was still really funny was Parasite, not the anime, the the hit Korean oh, movie. movie. Yeah, that I have movie not was. Seen that. It was. It's honestly really funny for the like the first half, two thirds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't expect it. And but I thought a lot of the humor still carried over really well, even across the language barrier. Nice. That's good writing. Mm-hmm. That's cinema. Mamma mia. Mamma mia, that's a good cinema. 
There's the glue to see in them. It's a spicy film. Uh-huh. Uh, That's okay, I Italians. can do that. I'm Italian. I'm not, but I have his permission. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I said this on Twitter. I think it's pretty fucked up that my dad has ended up with like a pretty normal white guy taste palette. Even though he's Italian. Is he like straight up Italian? Or well, Italian my, ancestry? My grandma's all Italian. Um, Italian gangy. My grandpa is at least majority Irish? I'm not sure. I don't know. I never met him. Yeah, me either. Yeah. I learned that I was, uh... Well, my my dad is, like, English and something else. And my, my mom's, like, out of nowhere. She asked me... Um, I believe she was doing the census. And she asked me if I knew my, um... My history. I was like, nah. She's like, oh, well, your dad's English and some other thing. And then she for her own ancestry she just started listing all the white people European countries (laughs) and I remember saying or thinking like this is pretty interesting but man that's fucking boring so you're saying you're like the omni white I am the omni white the uber white (laughs) can I say that Uh, I don't know that's a little (laughs) bit too far (laughs) I didn't mean it in any weird context it's like like English Dutch uh, you know, you know the white people countries. I don't need to name them all, <laughs> mostly because I don't remember them. That's a real Joe Biden move. And my name's Joe. Holy shit! Oh. If you want to find out what's up with me, text three zero three three zero and say what the fuck. Hmm. Are you going to be phone banking for Joe Biden now? Now that he is the Democratic nominee. Fuck no! I thought about doing it for Bernie, and then covid happened damn and and then he dropped out well, i guess he's still suspended but he, he endorsed biden so he's yeah. effectively he's effectively out i mean he, he's bad effectively out but yeah and i don't i don't i think biden's campaign is really gonna be hit rough because no one has any enthusiasm for biden he has less enthusiasm now than hillary did at her lowest my favorite shit on twitter right now is people going into comment threads of people like laughing at the at Bernie fans and then the the Bernie fans just asking them oh what are you gonna do for Joe and then these people just like roundabout arguing that they already won the primary and then all they <laughs> yes. have to do is go vote and then oh but how are you gonna get people to vo- go vote well we beat you in the primary we got this <laughs> yeah that's my favorite God, Joe Biden's gonna lose so hard it's going to be has fucking nothing. And his his supporters this is going to be Hillary 2.0. Yeah. Honestly, I'm kind of glad the Democrats elected someone so fucking awful. Like Joe Biden was the worst one they could have picked, honestly, except for like Bloomberg. Right? I'm not even counting him. Uh and cuz like if they picked like Pete Buttigieg, he'd still get crushed. But I I feel I feel worse about watching Pete Buttigieg go up against Trump. Like I, I don't know, I, I'd probably start to feel bad for Pete Buttigieg at some point after, like, Donald Trump calls him, like, homophobic slurs for the fifth day in a row on Fox News, and his polls keep going up. But with Joe Biden, like, when he brings up, like, all the pedophilia and, like, his corrupt son and corrupt brother, it's gonna be funny to watch. It's... And then Joe's just gonna wander off stage because he doesn't know where the fuck he is. <laughs> Joe Biden's Joe, going Joe, to heaven. Joe, get back up. Joe. Joe, they asked you a question. Get back there. What? 
Corn, corn pops over there. <laughs> I gotta say hi. Joe, that was 50 years ago. <laughs> corn pops dead. Corn pops dead. It's not your fault. Get over it, Joe. My leg hair turns yellow in the sun. You want to see it? Let's go outside. Joe, it's 730. <laughs> I, my, the only thing I hope is that, like, maybe with Joe Biden's, like, just, like, destroyed brain, he might just go, like, full nuclear on Donald Trump. So, like, they're gonna, they're gonna give him an earpiece. I want, I want Joe Biden to, like, challenge him to a push-up contest. I want him to start calling, start insulting him. Listen, listen here, fat. (laughs) (laughs) And then then if Joe Biden is like truly gone, he's truly going berserk right right there. Like he could like leak some like juicy tea. Like, listen here, fat. We were both on the plane with Epstein. (laughs) (laughs) Our friend Jeff. You remember Jeff? He got, he had that little book. You're in it. I know you're in it. You're with me. You're right above me. We went together. You remember that fat? He's gonna He's gonna say so much stupid shit on that stage. Uh What's his uh what's uh what's Joe's stance on uh on guns? Um You know, I don't really know. Uh, Joe Biden is not, Joe Biden's not known for his policy. Um, no, I cannot name five. I can't. Neither can his supporters. Yeah, uh, that's a recurring theme I've noticed that Joe Biden's supporters really don't support him off policy. They support him either off of like name recognition or like electability. It's like, oh, I know Joe Biden or Joe Biden will beat Trump. Will we do when he beats Trump? I don't know. Yeah, they go... His supporters are like people on the the nostalgia subreddit. They just go, "Oh, I know that. I had that when I was a kid. Yes. He was vice president when I was a kid. Yeah, so I'm Joe voting Bi- for him." The funny Joe Biden memes, right, guys? Right. I remember Joe. I I, I think it says a lot that the Joe Biden team never even tried to bring back the Joe Biden memes. I I think they have to know, like, fundamentally, they'd be outgunned from day one. Like, oh yeah, they have no fucking game. Yeah, like there would there would just be so many Joe Biden meme shit posts uh, from all levels of like expertly crafted to just like pure amateur. I hate Joe Biden rage, but Do I don't think know. they would try to manufacture like green tech stories. Maybe, dude. Yeah. They should do like some like weird like. A uh, guerrilla marketing thing where they like, they, like manufacture a green text about Joe Biden in like a supermarket <clears throat> store, but it's making fun of him. But actually, it's just <laughs> used to promote his name recognition and hope more people go, "Oh, Joe Biden, I know that guy." Yeah, and since people don't care about his uh, his old his old raping, <laughs> I think they should go uh, queue up some green text stories and shit like. Be me, be woman, age sixteen to twenty-four. Go outside, see poster of Joe Biden. Say that's my president. Look to my left. A Joe Biden bot is approaching me. He grabs my shoulders and kisses my forehead. 
I didn't want to go any further because it just uh, made me depressed. Yeah, it's fucked up. That it says, <laughs> "Listen here, fat. No one will ever believe you." Listen here, fat. You know whose policies on guns we do know, though. Whose? <clears throat> Peter Griffin. Yeah, that's right. Peter Griffin. He imme- not immediately. He he is he is not a redneck gun enthusiast because. Those types are far and few between in New England. However, he is definitely a New England conservative. Um, and if you, don't, if you don't know what a New England conservative is, because you probably aren't from New England, I would say the like New me. England yeah, I would say the New England conservative on things like guns are defined by a desire to sort of appeal to like a, a traditional outdoorsy masculine image. Like they want to be rough and tumble. They want to be redneck a little bit. Just not not even redneck, but just a little bit of you know salt of the earth kind of guy. But you're not you're not a salt of the earth kind of guy in Connecticut. You're like a bank exec making like two hundred thousand dollars a year doing whatever bank execs do. I don't what do they even do like just like call other banks and be like, hey, you want to give us some money? That's my understanding. Yeah, I don't really know what banks do other than take my money and tell me. That I don't make enough money to waive the bank fee, and then they charge me money, and I'm overdrafted five times the original amount, and I cry and close my account. Damn. Well, I, d- I don't close my account because they won't let me. I just ignore it, and it goes away. <laughs> I don't think it does, but it's worked so far. <laughs> never say never. Never say never. Um, but yeah, I think like New England conservatives are. Uh, not, not not all of them. I'm not. This isn't a blanket statement, but a pattern. Yeah, not I've all New England conservatives. Yeah, but a pattern I've noticed a lot is they want to sort of strike a balance between like the rural redneckish types of like upstate New York, uh, Maine, New Hampshire, those areas, but not abandon all of like the metropolitan sensibilities that you get from being in a state adjacent to New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's weird, but I think Peter Peter definitely fits into that mold where he's not like a gun nut. He doesn't immediately think we need guns. We grab my gun. Let, let's get the strap. You know. But eventually, he's like, yeah, us boys, we need some guns. Yeah, and the show frames him as not being entirely in the wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but for he's not wrong for the wrong reasons. Because they they have they don't have a utopia but like you know they have a they got a pretty decent setup going on like they have no conflict um, yeah. until Stewie just shits out five thousand eggs and then all of a sudden oops turns out we do need the guns but so when I was watching that because um, it's all it all happens in like what two minutes yeah. Uh, this was a pro-gun episode. This was a pro-gun episode, Abs- yeah. It kind of sneaks up on you. And it doesn't happen until the end, but this is a pro-gun episode. My God, son of a bitch, Seth MacFarlane. Fucking done Seth. It again. Seth is a piece of fucking garbage. What? I don't mean that. But yeah. I did just look around my room to make sure there wasn't anything, you know, watching and monitoring me. Monitoring <laughs> me, because I know Seth does have those those Family Guy funny resources. <laughs> 
Yeah, Seth MacFarlane is partnered right with the NSA. He's got a backdoor into Google and Facebook, collecting all our anti-MacFarlane information. Holy shit. So I don't think it was clear in the episode. Were the Stewies that swarmed out, were they motivated by malice and anger, or were they... Was this like a feral, instinctive, instinctual thing? I would assume that this was like out of Stewie's just general hatred for life. But I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, it was, you know, Stewie is motivated by that kill everyone, kill Lois. I want a dead Lois on my wall. Mm-hmm. I want her feet gone out of this house because they're <laughs> dirty and filthy and I will give them to the highest bidder. Um, That's going to be us. That's going to be us. Stay tuned for a special funny cast announcement, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they are instinctual. They they have Stewie's upbringing, but they don't have that, that human side. They weren't raised by by funny hot wife Lois. They weren't. No. No. I wish I was. <laughs> yeah? You try to suck on her, her feet instead of her titties when you're breastfeeding? Yeah, baby need foot milky. <laughs> Baby do need foot milky. Anyone says that they don't, they're a liar. And they're a cop. <laughs> Baby need foot milky. God damn it. Sick of the man holding me back from that. Uh-huh. Seth. Seth. Oh, speaking of baby feet. Um, yeah. I like the sound Stewie made when he walked now where he's like kinda of like slapping around. <laughs> as a <laughs> as a little octopus puss. Yeah, as a puss baby. Yeah. I'm a puss baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's you skittering up on all eight eight tentacles when you see some pussy. <laughs> when you disarm the common man, they are powerless. Workers that, of the world, rise up. Rise up. That is what Seth is trying to say. He, well, he's not trying to tell you to rise up. He's <laughs> trying to tell the corporate overlords, disarm us. Take our guns. Because then keep we us, can't do a goddamn thing about keep you. Keep us weak and servile, and when the the hordes of enemies come attacking us, they'll uh, leave us incapable of defending ourselves. Grab the guns. They're our only hope. Isn't that an ironic line, Seth? It's a mm-hmm. little on the nose, don't you think? Yeah, Seth. Seth McFarlane. That is your mm. real name. Mm. The problem with Seth McFarlane, this is what's fucked up about him, is I have no idea what the hell he's actually believing here. Like, because I, I talked about this before, but like, American Dad was really good leftist satire of America. At least that's how it came across. But then he goes supporting, like, Pete Buttigieg. And, I mean, he was raised in Kent, Connecticut, so I don't know. Like, I don't even know what the hell Seth MacFarlane believes. He doesn't even write these episodes, so he doesn't know what he believes. No, but he is in charge. Yeah. So what do you... Who wrote this? I'm gonna look this up. Also, yeah. I, I forgot to say it, but this actually was the first Milo Kunis episode. Ah, okay, good enough. Good Sorry. Enough. Mila. 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 Okay. Now, who wrote this pizza shit? Is this was this a pro-gun commentary, or is this satire on the beliefs of conservatives? This was co-written 
by Neil Goldman and Garrett Donovan. Oh my god, not Garrett Donovan. Fuck, is there anyone good named Garrett? I don't think so. Or Donovan. What even is... Wait. They're a television writing team that worked on comedies. Family Guy. Family Guy. Scrubs. And Community. Whoa. And they left after the third season. I was going to see if they were to blame for the the old season four, but they're not. No, they're, they're to blame for why season four was season four, because they fucking left. Actually, it's because, uh, what's-his-name got fired. You know, this is not the community cast. That's later. Yeah, is that later? Uh, probably not. Yeah, I've already, yeah. I'm already... I'm already almost done with the first season again. We, I don't want to watch it over again. Again, <laughs> We've already booked ourselves for a lot of side projects that hopefully will all come true. Yeah, our schedule's pretty packed fat. Yeah. We can't, we can't afford to put any anything else on our docket. Yeah, I'm already packed 24-7 between being a successful podcaster and a, and a, and a ladies' man. Um, yeah, both of those things are things that we are. Yeah, we got ladies lining up, breaking quarantine. Uh, I've had to call the police three times already, because, uh, you know, they should be inside. 14 days quarantine, at least. Hey, speaking of ladies, I did that, that simping for Nico Wool today. Nice, how'd it go? The people were not a fan. <laughs> turns, out when turns out when you're underneath a popular lady's demand, or not demand, sorry, I just read a, tw- read a tweet that was totally unrelated. And it got in my head. When you are under popular popular ladies' uh, tweets, that's later. <laughs> that is the end goal for anything. <laughs> Actually, that's the end goal of this podcast. I just want to be under some toes. <laughs> Any toes. But really. when you're in her mentions, doing things like "Oh, kind queen," yeah, we we stand a an aha gal queen. <laughs> you didn't um, say that. <laughs> Were you planning on I, it? Maybe someday. Maybe not now that I played my hand. Okay. Turns out they laugh at the simps in the comments. <laughs> I I actually think you are misunderstanding what happened there. No, I, 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 I'm I, playing it up. They weren't making fun of me. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure Laviasco is just trying to farm views. Definitely, uh, and I've clicked on his website twice, the second time right now. Yeah, I clicked on his website once, too. I, I was just skimming through it, and I see that courtesy of La Viasco. I'm like, no, fuck this. I'm out of here. Recently published, Simps obsessed over bald-shaped head of OK Boomer Girl, Nico Lowell. <laughs> bald-shaped head? Shaved. Where does Wait, this... She shaved her head bald? No. Dude, I want to fucking end myself if that's true. Dude, I don't... I don't know what this is. There's no pictures of it. Dude, Nico Lowell did not shave her head bald. She's People not having a stop. Britney Spears moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Britney, she was she went through so much shit. Yeah. I love Britney. People should stop obsessing over a bald shaped head of OK Boomer Girl Nico Lowell, whom they gave a career. Although, I can see the reason why you guys are thirsty for such pictures. That would make you feel better for not being able to get her. But still, keep your eyes out of her chest. Oh, I I'm know not going to lie. I almost fell for that cute OK Boomer video made by that girl. You see, I'm a survivor that nearly joined the Simp Nation. 
aka a toxic cult led by Nico Wool, the OK Boomer girl, the OK Boomer Bernie girl whose bald shaped head is being craved by the simps. <laughs> this is simping level 1000. I have read an article in detail, written an article in detail, on how to become a simp, how to simp properly for sex, and how to jeep dumping the day before. <laughs> I think I know what this is. Can you tell me what this is while I look up jeep I'm dumping? I'm pretty sure this is written in China. The, this has this real feel of like, Something that has been run through Google Translate a bit. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be written in China, but I know, like, there are a lot of Chinese sites that do this, where they just, like, repost news, uh, very, like, poorly put together and quickly translated, just so, like, farm clicks. Yeah, I'm on their About Us section. Uh, meet the team. The founders of this company think that the future is the World Wide Web. WWW. Yeah. And it's got a lot of, like, weird, like, stilted English that I would see a lot in, like, papers by, um, people at my school who, like, like, they were, like, Chinese students who clearly were using Google Translate for a lot of their paper. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just has, like, this weird feel. Some, Some words are, like, almost right. Like, it's like, rock of roll. Why is the lyrics meaning of Watermelon Sugar by Harry Styles so erotic? Yeah, what? I'm out of this website. Fuck yeah. this. Yeah. I'm pretty confident that that is not written by like native English speakers. They're just like trying to piece it together with Google Translate. Yeah. I mean, 17 hours ago they posted an article about the meaning of the Mia Khalifa song. Oh, that's really, that's really topical now. Um, yeah, timely. Yeah. My friends are always like, hey, Sean, you're so hip and cool. Do you know what's up with this song that goes Mia Khalifa? And I go, ha, 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 yes. Let me direct you this LaVisco article published 14 (laughs) hours ago. (laughs) Speaking of LaVisco, Seth MacFarlane is the enemy of the proletariat. It's true. And this episode proves it. Mm-hmm. Seth MacFarlane is a man that is in favor of disarming the working class so that they cannot rise above or rise against the ruling class. Mm-hmm. And get no- what we're owed when the time comes. Notice how Peter made the guns for himself, not for everyone, but he dismantled the public infrastructure in order to arm himself. And not not just public infrastructure. The irrigation. Mm-hmm. So well, he disrupted the farming. The life the food blood. production. The lifeblood. He took away jobs so that he could create and hoard weaponry. Mm-hmm. And this episode does give you a little bit of hope. Um, when the citizens do unite against Peter and kick him and the other griffins out of the town and they burn the weapons but what happens when they burn the weapons the stewies come the stewies come and overtake the proletariat 
feeding into Seth MacFarlane's obsession with the bourgeoisie. I can't pronounce that word. That just really bit into my point. <laughs> pretend I pretend I pronounced that correctly. That's okay. Yeah, you and, and know think how to pronounce of, it correctly. And think about how powerful it would have been if I did. It proves your purity of will because, like, I hate the bourgeoisie so much. I don't even know how to say them. I hate the bourgeoisie. Bourgeoisie. Yeah, my, my history teacher probably like the bourgeoisie. <laughs> what if that's correct and we just don't know? <laughs> yeah, we all made fun of her because she was pretty dumb. Uh, she was like, <laughs> I don't want to say it, but she was kind of like a trophy wife, except like not that much of a trophy. Hmm. So just a wife. Yeah, just just a wife, and then he's like, ah, my you boy. You think her husband was just a wife guy? <laughs> Probably. But yeah, she had a real stupid son, and they paid like $40,000 to like a top-tier boarding school to get him in. They, or I think, or no, maybe it was... They, they, I only had to pay like double tuition to get him in, because he didn't qualify. Dude, if I had a really fucking stupid son and a lot of money, I would definitely pay 40000 to send him to a boarding school just to get that shit out of my life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I can't really fault the uh, people who got in trouble for like... Uh, scamming colleges to get their kids in. I'd do it too if I could. I mean, I'd, yeah. like, I'd hope I'd raise a kid that was smart enough to get in somewhere good on their own merit, but, like, there's mm-hmm. no promises in that. My kid might just be fucking dumb. That's just life. Yeah. But I, I don't want I don't want the world to know that. Honestly, if my kid wants to go to a school, I will do whatever it takes to get them into that school. So, Aunt Becky, you're not my enemy. You're only my enemy <laughs> because... Because I can't be you? Because I can't be you and I can't have you. (laughs) Let's not go that far. No. I joke. Sometimes on this podcast, I I do like to tell a little jokey joke now and then. (laughs) You're just a little bit too horny. I like to to be a little bit horny and a little bit silly. A little risque. And it's a little risque. And it's all a joke. It's all it is. It's a little joke. But Aunt Becky, you are my enemy because you fucked up and you forged her grades. I'm pretty sure that's what you did. I'm not going to look it up. And they like what photosho- matters here? Yeah, they like photoshopped photoshop- their kids' head. Maybe not. Maybe it was on Becky's, but one of them did this. Where like they photoshopped their kids onto other athletes to make it look like they were like top tier athletes to get them in. But like, what doesn't even make sense to me is I have a lot of <clears throat> I had a lot of friends who were trying to get scouted. And, like, go, like, D1, D2, D3 for their respective sports. And mm-hmm. none of them were just able to just send pictures to prove that they played sports. <laughs> like, they would have, like, have, like, coach, like, talent scouts come from the colleges and watch you play. And then, like, uh, kids would hire people to um, make tapes for them of their best moments, like generate hype around them in order to get them more attention so they might seem like a better player. It's not. Yeah. This, this is not just a thing where you're like, oh yeah, I'm a basketball scar, so if you let me in. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really good at basketball. Look at these pictures. <laughs> See that? I was making a free throw. Yeah, I made. That's a three pointer. And that's me doing a slam dunk. And that's me hanging out with Seth MacFarlane at the <laughs> basketball game that I just played at. <laughs> he's he's a really big deal. <laughs> Seth MacFarlane going to a high school basketball game? He's at, like, every game I play. 
<laughs> He's a really big fan of the Fighting Irish. Maybe I should just become like a creepy dad at like high school sports games. I, you said maybe you should become a creepy dad and you kind of lost me there. And then it didn't get better. I, I, Can you elaborate on that? I mean, not really, but like... You know, that's fair. I accept that. <laughs> I'm with you. I I just want a simple life. Um, and there are people who seem to have very simple pleasures and passions. Um, and I, I envy them a lot, honestly. Yeah. And if your passion is being a creepy dad at high school sports <laughs> games, all the more power to you, dude. You do you. As long as you doing you is not you doing anything weird. Yeah, like, don't do not do the girls. That's illegal. Don't do that. You, that's illegal. You can be creepy. Yeah. If not, you wanna, like, like, not Joe Biden creepy. Yeah, if you want to, like, hit on, like, the single moms, as long as it's respectful, that's cool. Yeah, that's the kind of creepy that I think I would be okay with yeah that's like not acceptable. okay with as in i condone it but like i th- are we we're digging ourselves into holes here i just mean like if you're like trawling through like high school basketball games from milf pussy uh i feel like that's acceptable yeah i well that i think that's not creepy that's just kind of sleazy yeah oh yeah so i, mean, they, I, I am, think i meant more like switch our def- our yeah i meant more like a sleazy dad you're right that, that's what i should have said the, in the first place <laughs> Yeah. Hey, we don't condone creepy dads. We condone yeah. sleazy dads. Mm-hmm. Look, if you're if you're a dad and you wanna you wanna troll for uh, for milf pussy for, at for sports Konani. games, that's your prerogative, buddy. I'm with you. I'm with you 100 percent of the way. Not physically, because <laughs> no. I don't I don't want to be trolling for pussy at a sports game. But hey, man, <laughs> you need me, I'll be tailgating in the parking lot. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, sitting in my truck, drinking Bud Light, mm-hmm. flipping my, the grill. My school has had a big like initiative to de- discourage their student body from only going to my school's football games just for the taillights. Because um, the football team's not very good. <laughs> People like to get turned up there. That's the only reason why they go. <laughs> Well, if they're not very good, then your school should have an initiative to make their team good. Um, they are actually the worst football team in America. <laughs> they oh, they are God. actually like what consistently one of the worst ranking college teams in America. <laughs> but we also have the best women's basketball in America. So if you take the average, you get 50%. That's actually literally how the school's budget works. Girls basketball makes so much money, it funds all the other schools that bleed them dry, or all the other sports that bleed them dry. You know what? Hey, good for that team. Good for that women's mm-hmm. basketball team. Because yeah. I don't often hear anything good about like the performance of women, women's sporting teams. Yeah. Uh, God Except rest- for like, the, the women's World Cup team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God rest her soul, uh, Kobe Bryant's daughter, who died with him, was going to come to school just for the basketball team. Was she really? Yeah, she was, She had already, like, committed. Well, I don't think it was, like, an official in-contract commitment, but she, like, verbally committed 
that she was going to go there. Um, ah, verbal contract. Those are binding. And, and I assume she would have gotten in because, like, Kobe Bryant's daughter, like... Yeah, he definitely would have paid 40000 or whatever to get her out of his house. I, oh, I just meant, like, if you're Kobe, if you're Kobe Bryant's kid, I feel like... Uh, he'd kind of be like Endeavor from My Hero, where like he doesn't care about you unless like you're gonna play basketball, and if you're gonna play basketball, you're gonna fucking play basketball. Like, you were gonna fucking pick up that ball and you were gonna dunk right now. I mean, maybe Kobe was like a really nice guy and like really really cared about all his kids equally. But from what I understand about his personality, I feel like he would have been very. If you wanted to play basketball and then, like, have your famous dad, Kobe Bryant, help you play basketball, he's going to make sure you're a goddamn star. Yeah, I don't know fucking anything about Kobe other than he was an Oscar winner and obviously a basketball player of some renown. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I just kind of got the feeling that... Oh, also the, the rape allegations from early uh, two decades ago. Um, I don't know anything about that case. <laughs> Me neither. But he seemed like he would have... Um, been a standard father. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he died in a helicopter crash. Let's move on. Yeah, I'm fucked up. Okay, so I mentioned this big, to you earlier. Big ups to Kobe. Yeah, rest in peace. Uh, that I had a pitch for you for a concept. Yes, and I w- I've been thinking about this a lot. Okay, so first off, you, uh, you saw the new Death Note one shot, right? Um, I did. So, in this, um, for those of you who haven't seen, this is spoilers for the ending, by the way. Uh, a new kid gets a death note, and he ends up selling it in like a massive bidding, and Donald Trump gets it. Um, and then Ryuk is like, "Here's the death note, but we made a new rule: if you buy the death note, you die instantly. Sorry, bro." <laughs> and then Donald Trump chickens out and doesn't buy it. Or doesn't or doesn't use it? Yeah, I think if you use it, you die instantly. Whatever. I'm not, I'm not, I don't yeah. know exactly. If you buy it and use it, you die. Yeah. Um. And so that got me thinking. Right. This is my new Death Note premise. Okay. Mm-hmm. It is set in the United States. Uh, anywhere doesn't doesn't really matter. Um, 2015. Uh, you have your main character, who is older brother, living with his younger sister. Uh, parents are absent in standard anime fashion. Classic. Uh, classic. Long story short, the younger sister gets kidnapped and abducted by, uh, Epstein-style pedophiles. And the main character, who has received the Death Note somehow, is now trying to essentially invade... Little St. James Island, and get replace part of Epstein's black book with the Death Note, and so when he's writing in the names, it'll kill all of them <laughs> as like the ultimate revenge and like destruction of pedophiles, and like <laughs> along the way, the main character. Like, he, like, his first challenge is to, like, infiltrate Epstein and Pedophile Island. He has to replace Ghislaine Maxwell, who, like, was, like, Epstein's, like, procurer. Uh, like, he mm-hmm. takes her out with, like, the Death Note and, like, figures out how to convince Epstein to trust him. Um, then he, like, he's, like, he finds the black book. He's like, alright, I'm just gonna write in all the names. Then he has the idea for, like, making Epstein do it himself and, like, execute all the pedophiles. 
She has to figure out how to, like, destroy the black book and get Epstein to use this new book as the black book. Wouldn't Epstein then see uh, Ryuk? Yeah, but you could just tell Ryuk to not be, like, in in sightline at that, uh, that place. Doesn't Ryuk have to, like, introduce himself? Only if they're the master of the Death Note. No, it's but been if, a while since I watched Yeah, it. if you change, like, mastery of the Death Note, um, you lose all memory of what happened while you used it, and then Ryuk, like, introduces it to the new person. That's but right. if someone just touches part of the Death Note, they can see Ryuk, but they don't, like, get mastery. And also, if they write something, it doesn't work. Okay. Yeah. Uh... I'm interested. You like um, it? I think it's a fun idea. I think we could definitely convince the the author to to do something like this. <laughs> with, with with our coffers, you know, our coffers do be overflowing. Of, um, of I think course, we can make this happen. I think yeah. we're. I don't want the little sister to be taken by Epstein. Okay. I think we can get rid of that. I think he can just be someone who's like, hey, this shit sucks. <laughs> I hate but, you, know, you with Jeffrey more... Epstein. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. I hate you for what you've done. You know, that's why... Uh, in general, nothing particular. Nothing in particular that happened to me personally. But so help me God if I ever see you in person. You are done. And that's his motivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we can we can workshop it a little bit. Damn, I, I did punch my fists together, and my so, knuckles did collide. If Epstein was there, you would have killed him on spot. Yeah, if he was between my fists, who boy, his temples would have been exploded. That's God. how strong I am. I am, I, I am a bodybuilder, and I'm a fighter. And honestly, Epstein, if my fists collided with his face, his brain will explode out, out of the back of his head. Yeah, honestly, like, Epstein, as we all know, was a degenerate, uh, and the conditions of the soul reflect on the conditions of the body, so Epstein was probably, like, a weak, frail, pathetic little man, and I think us, uh, virtuous of heart, mind, and soul, probably could just, like, destroy him immediately if we ever saw him. Yeah, to be a man that weak of mind and, uh, not stature, but, like, emotional... To be a man that fucked up in the head, you're a pussy. Mm-hmm. And just one one little flick on the forehead, and you will go flying across the room from anybody pure of heart like us. Mm-hmm. Still, a little, little Goku flick, and then, ba bam! You've fallen out of the arena. You touched the grass. Rip Epstein! You're, you're, you're rip dead Epstein. now. <laughs> rip Epstein! No one can hurt rip. you. Except us. Except us. (laughs) (laughs) And guess what, Epstein? You hit the grass, you're out of the World Martial Arts Tournament. I won the money. Mm Mm-hmm. You're not the world's best martial artist. I am. That's right. And we just proved it in the ring. Rip Epstein. Rip Epstein. You're dead now. I'm gonna keep hurting you. (laughs) 
Dude, what if Jeffrey Epstein went to heaven instead of hell? That'd be pretty fucked up. Yeah, that'd be pretty par for the course for, uh, for that religion. Oh man, I, mean, I sound I, like I sound I, like liberal I, Brian Griffin. I didn't even say what religion. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was Epstein Jewish? Uh, I I was talking about Christianity. So. There was like that whole controversy when um, Jeremy Corbyn called him Epstein, and everyone's like, he said it the anti-Semitic way because he's an anti-Semite. But I don't know if that oh, was because no. Epstein was Jewish or wasn't Jewish. Uh, well, he was born to Jewish parents, so... Okay, so yeah, he's probably Jewish. Um, also, this is fucked up, but anytime I hear the, the his name in my head, um, I picture Scott Bakula. <laughs> and I don't know if you know who Scott Bakula is, but he's an actor. Right now he's on NCIS New Orleans. I know uh, him because he was in an episode of Sonny, right? That sounds like something. That sounds like something a Baculard would do. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. he was. That's a pretty recent episode. But yeah, I picture Mr. Bacula. What? They don't. They don't really look super similar. That's not but fair. They to Mr. Bacula. Do. No, it's really not. And I'm sorry, Scott, if you ever listen to this. Um, I, I do respect your work in Quantum Leap. Um, I do think a lot of it was in poor taste. I know it's a product of its time. But that episode when he goes into the... Um, the person with Down Syndrome <laughs> uh, was in pretty poor taste. I'm not making that up. That's a real episode. So, like, he, like, goes into this person with Down Syndrome. And then he he's just like, this is what it's like to have Down Syndrome. This is what life is like. I, I'm pretty sure, because, like, there's that clip where it's Scott Bakula looking confused, confused, and he's like, I'm retarded? And then he turns to a mirror, and there's someone looking back at him as a person with Down syndrome. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah, that does sound a, a little bad taste. Yeah, that's definitely a popular reaction gif mm-hmm. uh, in the, the edgier circles. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. You know what I was thinking about when you were talking about Scott Bakula? Yeah. A lot of What's people up? have said that, like, uh, it's a fucked up Epstein killed himself. He'll never get justice. Like, we'll never see justice for his victims. Um, but the conditions of Epstein's death are still, are still kind of fucked up. Like, imagine, like, you're Jeffrey Epstein. You think you're top of the world. You have all these amazing, cool, epic uh, political pedophile friends like Hillary Clinton... You know, they got your back. And then one day it's like, nope, the feds busted me. Hillary don't want me no more. Bring you to prison. It's like, alright, Epstein, like, you know what you gotta do. Like, you can kill yourself or someone will come kill you, but Hillary out. Sorry, Jeff, I'm out. That's my Hillary impression. Yeah, Hillary Hillary had to go make the documentary on Hulu. Yeah. Yeah, she was she busy. To, she was busy being a girl boss. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Jeff. Yeah, she tells Jeffrey Epstein that there's no he's not getting out of this one alive. Sorry, Jeff, you're just gonna have to figure it out on your own. Mm-hmm. I what if Jeffrey Epstein was like a hard ass, like a Kiryu Kazuma type? Uh where like I was like, You're gonna die, you're gonna die. He's like, no, and he just 
asserts his will and does whatever he wants. Well, you just made me not want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> I feel very strongly about Kiryu. <laughs> I like Kiryu. I, I don't want him to be a pedophile, don't get me wrong. I don't want him to be a pedophile, but if it just so happens to turn out that way, then that's how it happens. <laughs> no. That's all I just, I'm saying here. I Kiryu is just my example of a character who's so strong-willed that like he makes happen whatever he needs to make happen. In order to Jeffrey win. Jeffrey Epstein definitely could have fought his way up a building multiple times. You think Epstein could have? Oh, yeah. If he's a Kiryu type, for sure. Oh, oh yeah. If he was a Kiryu. But if he was a Kiryu type, he'd be, you know, he'd have the mind and soul of a man like us. And he'd be, have the power and energy like us. And he probably wouldn't be a pedophile in the first place. So, like... Yeah, they actually don't have anything in common at all. What was yeah. Epstein's island... Little, Little St. James. James. Yeah, and there's a large, Grand St. James or something. That's besides the point. The dragon of Little St. James. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> Doja <laughs> McClan. The dragon of Little St. James. St. <laughs> <Saint> James clan. <laughs> uh, Seth MacFarlane. Enemy of the working class. Mm-hmm. Um, since we, we are reaching the end of our time here, uh, real quick, did any, any jokes stand out to you? <laughs> um, favorite joke, honestly, there was no joke that really got me this episode. Um. Yeah. Oh, my God. Holy shit. What up? We forgot about something incredibly important in this episode. And the chicken fight. The chicken fight. We should be ashamed. It took us an hour to mention the chicken fight. Oh, this... but we could talk for 45 minutes about Epstein. <laughs> that shows where our priorities are at. <laughs> Sorry, I got Epstein brain, dude. The quarantine's really making it bad. Quarantine really got me acting up. <laughs> I really can't stop thinking about Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> Damn, it's really <laughs> fucked up. He killed himself. And the giant chicken did it? Holy shit. <laughs> the giant chicken breaks into the jail cell. He and Epstein have an epic five minute fight where the chicken finally kills Epstein. Fight across the island and across the ocean. Ending in the jail cell. They, they fight across the sleeping guard who's not seen this happen. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, this episode, when Peter meets the chicken man talking about Y2K, then has a cutaway to the first chicken fight in Family Guy history. What did you think? Well, my first thought was that it happened a lot sooner than I remembered. Because everything in this episode happens, like, almost in a breakneck pace. That mm -hmm. the opening credits were still going. Like, goddamn, Seth. Let me breathe a little bit before you throw this on me. Yeah. But I guess that's, that's why it works. It's so sudden. It's so sudden. It's very long, very violent. Uh, there are a lot of fake out because, like, all right, it's over. Then it's not over. Uh, the one that really got me is when Peter, like, slams his head into the printer a bunch of times. Yeah. I'm like, all right, yeah. he, he got that damn chicken. <laughs> Plus, excuse me. Oh, wait, I got another one coming. Oh, oh, oh. <coughs> It's like the giant chicken, it just doesn't stop. <laughs> One thing I was thinking about during this chicken fight was that these fights are um, 
in the beginning, like the first few. I mean, not necessarily chicken fights, but the fights in the first few seasons. Yeah, they're relatively well choreographed, and the chicken fight in particular is really funny. Like, there's a lot of like physical humor, and yes. like under not understated stuff and not even subtle stuff. But like before they crash into the building, the two people just talking business. It was a very good bit. I liked it. Yeah, and it. And then I just started thinking about how the fights in all the other seasons are just so overly violent and just over the top with their gore. Like this episode, uh, like they're scraped up, but they're not like bleeding and throwing blood everywhere. The only blood that stood out to me was when Peter crushes the chicken's head. In, yeah, that's yeah, how that sounds like he, in the he got you got him, you got him, Peter, you got him. Um, but then he gets back up. Um, in the later seasons, just like their their skin scrapes off, it's just like <laughs> blood is like fucking everywhere. There's in the transition to HD, there was this. Oh man, I'm so burpy, so gassy. <laughs> There's this episode where Stewie separates his bad self from his good self, and his bad self runs outside, stands in the middle of the street. This woman is driving and stops in front of him and goes out and asks him if he's okay. And then Bad Stewie just takes out a sword and like slices her from right in half from the bottom to the top. What the and fuck, you can see, Bad Stewie? You can see like everything, and it's so fucking gross. <laughs> and it's just, like just the definition of shock humor. And it's the- so unappealing, and it makes me miss the simplicity of all this. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can't really speak on that because I haven't seen the new episodes, but I do know what you mean. At least, I've, I've seen some clips where things seem to be a lot more, like, over the top. Whereas, like, this still has, like, a level of groundedness and realism. It's like, okay, yes, you gotta accept he's fighting an anthropomorphized chicken. Um, but it's like... It's not it's not too overdone. It, it works. No, it's definitely cartoon violence. Almost, like... Looney Tunes in a way, I guess. <laughs> what do you think Seth MacFarlane's inspirations were for this fight? Do you think he studied, like, the Masters, or... I think so. Um, I'm actually on the Family Guy wiki for the giant chicken. Oh, boy. Uh, let's see. I don't know... They don't go into any... Do we ever get some giant chicken war? Yeah, oh, you definitely do. Oh, dude, I honestly can't wait. I'm I'm really excited for that. I hope it's soon. It won't be, but, like, I hope it's soon. It won't be, but, you you know, you keep hoping. Yeah, I keep hoping. It's like, oh, oh, they're talking about chicken? Is this going to be the episode? Oh, in in the episode Trump Guy, uh, the (laughs) giant chicken and his son are listening to a tour at a museum on headphones, and during this... He's oblivious to Peter's fight with Donald Trump. Oh my god. What is this episode? Like, are they physically fighting? Here, dude, I'm gonna... Dude, no, you, no, no, he can't oh, attack our president. Dude, that's really fucked up. I, 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 I'm not, I don't support this anymore. I can't believe Peter Griffin would disrespect the symbol of the office like that. Oh yeah, this is definitely a chicken fight. When... <laughs> Peter, like, thinks he's a role model when 
He's unable to continue being nice. Donald rubs it in his face and insults him as a failed role model. When Peter questions his actual worth in cash, they start to fight throughout DC. <laughs> Taking a pair of planes from the Smith Smithsonian Air and Space Museum, they crash into the Washington Monument. I can't believe we are in a time where these people think, hey, we definitely are timely enough to do an episode about Trump, but also... <laughs> Remember the giant chicken? <laughs> Donald Trump is orange and yellow as well. Uh, look at this shit. I don't want to see. I'm scared. You're gonna see, and then we're gonna we're gonna end this, just like they should have ended. <laughs> oh god, I've this is oh, that's actually so awful. This seems like something like some like hacky like no talent political cartoonist would make and he thinks he's like the next fucking Banksy or some shit for what he's doing <laughs> uh, it's a profile shot uh, from the episode of Peter and Donald Trump staring at each other head on like nose to nose and of course Donnie's got a, he's got a MAGA hat and his face is orange it's like very yeah, it's very clearly like a macaroni orange, contrasted with his untanned skin. It's like round and pudgy, and I'm not even saying these are inaccurate descriptions. I'm just saying like, this is such like a weak, ineffective like jab at Trump. It's like, ha ha, he orange, ha ha. Like, <laughs> this doesn't do anything to anyone. This doesn't actually make fun of him. No, it doesn't. You think Donald Trump is like, oh no, this dude called me orange. Let me go be the president of the United States and bang my model wife who can't leave. And my model daughter. And my model boy. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Epstein? Epstein? <laughs> yeah, got, I, another, I, got another name for your book here. I, I just don't think it's like, it's not effective. Like Donald Trump doesn't care. Um, and it doesn't actually critique anything worthwhile, so, like, you're not even, like, making a good point here. No. This and is, also... This is for the blue checks on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to this episode in, like, ten years. Like, Donald Trump will be dead by then. Just of natural causes. Um, so but when we get there, we can talk about whether or not we think this is accurate. Because, like, I don't know, is, like, Peter supposed to be, like, the voice of the revolution beating up Donald Trump? Or, like... Are they going to establish that, like, Peter... Peter would probably... Peter definitely voted for Donald Trump. There's no way he didn't. Unless he was, like, guilted into voting for Hillary Clinton. But, like, from what we've seen to his character, there is no consistent way to write him where he doesn't vote for Donald Trump in 2016. Oh, 100%. Republican guy. Yeah. Like, Peter is definitely, like, a... I have no problem with the gays. I have no problem with the blacks living next to me. But I just think we need someone tough on crime and good for the economy. Yeah, and he's, you know, Peter would vote for him again. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not after their fight. Yeah, not, not after this. I think they were, uh, I read that they were both rescued by Justin Trudeau. By Justin Timberlake? Trudeau. Oh. I wish it was Timberlake. That... But that still would have been every Twitter blue check marks, wet dream. Uh, yeah, but he could sing "Cry Me a River" and I wouldn't be mad after watching it. Yeah, I'd be okay. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I'm a blue check. Fuck. You're a blue check. 
I am after saying that. They just <laughs> yes. recruited me. Hell yes. I got the call from Joy Reid. <laughs> Fuck. It's fucked up how Twitter has somehow managed to like create a system where being a blue check, which just is, should be synonymous with verified, has like come to like establish like the ca- content of your character and like what kind of person you are. Because, like, most of these blue checks are pretty shitty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, how did you turn just, like, a simple, like, ID verification system into a synonym for shit poster? Or shitty poster, <laughs> not shit poster. Yeah, no, there's a difference. Um, like, if I got a blue check mark, I'd be fucking disgusted. Because like, <laughs> I don't want to be associated with this. We can, but if we do get that blue check mark, we can use it for good. I mean, we it's all we won't. We yeah, won't. Definitely. We could. I mean, when we get the blue check mark, it's over for everyone except us. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's a funny cast world, baby. It's a funny cast world, and you're all living in it. Mm-hmm. That was Family Guy. Oh, that was Family Guy. Good episode. What would you rate it? I give it a two chicken fights out of three. Two chicken fights out of three. The gun shit really does take it down a little bit. Yeah, uh, I yeah, I thought the, I thought the the end segment was a little weak. I I I'd agree with that. Yeah, I, I, two out of three that works for me. I have a question. How is the yeah. Twinkie factory made out of Twinkies? How did it survive? Um, the building was pristine. Yeah, I don't know. That's fucked up. Let's think about that off air. Yeah. Fuck, man. All right. Uh. God, God bless America, land that I love. You can find me on Twitter at BitchGod. You can find me at Waterside. God bless America. We are the Patriot Podcast, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>